Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 127. We're actually going to talk about just that, how I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. I'm going to talk today about 10 moves that I've made uh, during this offseason already. Uh, It's not what I would normally be doing this time of year. It's a little disappointing that this last weekend was supposed to be the NFL Combine, which didn't take place. So normally this would be the time of year that I'd be doing podcasts related to which players have increased or decreased in their value due to the athletic testing of the Combine. And we're still going to get some of that through the pro days, but it's just not the same as watching them all compete simultaneously like we have in the in the uh, combine, let alone that they're not going to be televised a lot of the pro days. I think some of them still are going to be televised on the NFL Network, but it's not the same. So instead of watching the combine like I would normally have done this time of year, what it is, I looked back at my most recent off-season moves and uh, as a dynasty freak, I'm always working to improve my teams in the off-season by making trades and tilling the waiver wire and the leagues that actually still have the waiver wire open. And so today I'll tell you about 10 moves that I've made in recent weeks. And really this will just give you an idea about some of the players that I'm targeting in trades or considering on the waiver wire, very, very deep dives in the waiver wire. Give me a chance to talk about some player value and why I did what I did. So let's get started. Uh, First one was I traded for Miles Sanders and I traded away Terry McLaurin. Terry McCorn for Miles Sanders. So I made this trade in a 10-team half PPR league. Now in a vacuum, I think that I favor McLaurin slightly more than Sanders just because he's a receiver and will last longer, have more years than a running back. Generally, I favor receivers, so have them pretty evenly. McLaurin slightly. But Sanders was the player that I wanted given the roster construction of this team. So the team that I traded with was loaded at running back, and my team was loaded at wide receiver. And so we exchanged several trade offers uh, since the offseason started, (laughs) since the season ended. And we finally came to this agreement after weeks, uh, last week. Um, In this league, you must start two running backs, and I have Christian McCaffrey and Melvin Gordon with really hardly any depth behind them, unless Damian Harris really shows something next year. And so I was eager to add Sanders, really just to compliment Christian McCaffrey uh, for the next couple of years uh, for this team. Um, I definitely like Sanders more than most dynasty analysts. Uh, Sanders is my eighth ranked dynasty running back right now, whereas DLF ranks him 14th. So it's true that I like Sanders. If you've been following me for long, you know that I was super high on him in his draft class. Uh, I think Philadelphia also just has too many team needs to be drafting a running back or trying to pick one up in free agency. Uh, They also just this last week tagged Boston Scott with an exclusive rights free agent as an exclusive rights free agent, signifying that they intend to keep him on their team. And I think do uh, don't know a lot about what Nick Sirianni, the new Eagles head coach, is going to do, but we do know last year um, in Indianapolis he gave Jonathan Taylor the ball plenty. And I believe that he's going to do the same with Sanders as really one of the only weapons that they have on that team. Uh, Their offense can't be any worse than they did last year. 
And even last year, Sanders averaged 13 points per game, which was 19th in the league. Um, I just need a solid RB2 to pair with Christian McCaffrey and my awesome receivers, which include DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, and then to boot, George Kittle at tight end. And so with that depth at receiver with Hopkins, Brown, Allen, and Lamb, I was willing to trade away McLaurin to solidify this uh, team. Well, I definitely love McLaurin, and I have him ranked as my 15th ranked dynasty wide receiver right now. I was willing to trade him away since I have so much depth at wide receiver um, on this team, including two young players um, in Brown and Lamb. So I'm not just having old guys. I've got the C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown as young guys. McLaren scored 12 points per game last year in this league, 20th in the league, so one point per game less than Sanders did. Um, so this trade was really very even. I think it helped both teams solidify their starting rosters. And two of these, by the way, are two of the league's best rosters. That's what I texted with the other owner right afterward after the trade. I said both of our teams are, are really set up to compete. And he won the championship last year, and hopefully I'm going to come back and beat him this year. Next trade that I made... Uh, with Logan Thomas. I traded for Logan Thomas and I gave away Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Quinta Cephas. Now I made this trade in a 12-team tight end premium league and this Thomas's trade looks very lopsided until I tell you that it was of 1.75 PPR for tight ends in this league. And in this league, Thomas finished 44th as the 44th highest scoring player in the league last year, including all the quarterbacks. 44th overall. So you could argue that he would be in a 12-team league that would make him be a top four player on your team. Uh, the other owner in this league put Thomas on the trading block, and then we just began a series of offers and counteroffers because uh, I really wanted Thomas on my team. Uh, Thomas is the player that I've been trying to acquire the most of this offseason. After his 119 targets, 72 catch season, only Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller had more targets than Thomas last year. Most people don't realize that. And so I've made a philosophy switch, if you listened to me recently, a philosophy switch over this last year at valuing tight end targets more than touchdowns, especially in tight end premium leagues, of course. It makes a huge difference to value the targets over the touchdowns. Um, I believe that last year really wasn't a fluke for Thomas, but I think it's a start of a very late breakout for the converted quarterback that's 29 years old. I think Thomas is going to be an integral part of the offense no matter who's playing quarterback for Washington next year. And that this league, in fact, has five flex positions. So Thomas will be in my lineup every week alongside of uh, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> who I also have in that league. Truth is that I've been shopping Mostert and Wilson. Uh, more on that later in this podcast. So I was happy to trade them away. But I was less happy with Cephas. That was kind of where, where the, the trade, he just kept asking for a little bit more included Cephas. And I really think that Cephas could be the wide receiver one in Detroit next year if the team doesn't re-sign Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay. Um, that said, I think that Detroit is definitely going to address receivers in the in the NFL draft. And I think that um, even the mock draft that I listened to from CBS reporting this morning had them taking a receiver. And so I think they are going to address receivers and they're going to have receivers with much greater draft capital than Cephas, who was drafted in the fifth round last year. And I think... Um, that's why trading uh, these players away was something I was willing to do in a very, very heavy tight end premium league with what was the third most targeted tight end last year. Trading three for one also allowed me to move some guys off of my taxi squad too. And in this particular league, you can actually steal guys off of uh, other people's taxi squads. So I was able to protect them by moving them into my lineup. That was a little fringe benefit on the end, but 
Pretty big trade, and it makes a big difference when you're in a tight end premium league like 1.75 PPR like I am. Next trade that I made that I'm happy with uh, was I traded for Saquon Barkley, and I gave away A.J. Brown, so two superstar players in this trade. And I made this trade actually in a dispersal draft in a 10-team half PPR league that I'm in. Uh, Three teams were in the dispersal draft, so we had three team owners. This was my first time to actually do one like this. This was really fun. So we had three uh, owners, managers leave the league. And then what we did is we actually put all of their players back in the pool and let the three new owners just do a dispersal draft among all those 90 players and the rookie picks were included. And this particular league, I actually won the league last year, largely due to Jonathan Taylor's great end of the season. And then two trades that I made that really helped my team. Stefan Diggs, I gave away J.K. Dobbins and some pieces to get Stefan Diggs. And then at the very end of the season, before the trade deadline, I got Mike Evans giving away Raheem Mostert right before he came back from injury. And those two players, Evans and Diggs, and then the draft pick of Jonathan Taylor that I made uh, really carried me to the championship. So here's what happened. Uh, The Barkley manager started the dispersal draft by selecting three running backs. He started with Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs, and then his fourth pick was George Kittle. And so I think he quickly realized that all the high-value dynasty wide receivers had been drafted and had a little bit of buyer's remorse for going running back, running back, running back, tight end with his first four picks. My starting receivers were very strong. I have DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and Mike Evans. And as much as I love A.J. Brown, and he is my sixth-ranked dynasty wide receiver, I just couldn't pass on my very, very first opportunity to have Barkley on one of my teams. So maybe there was a little bit of me, honestly, that just wanted to have him on my team. But I can now start Barkley and Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders, those three, alongside of DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and Mike Evans. I still have Barkley as my number two ranked running back right now in Dynasty. I do think that his shelf life is not going to last as long as A.J. Brown's, but I do believe that he can help me win a few more championships in the next few years with this uh, star-studded team and can be a little bit more consistent than A.J. Brown, who's kind of boom and bust from week to week. Uh, Plus, as you'll hear me say next, I added some younger wide receivers during the same dispersal draft to uh, get myself some youth at the wide receiver position too. So let's move to that. Uh, next player that I acquired was LaVisca Chenault. I traded away 1.10 in this 2021 rookie draft. And so this is the same dispersal draft. I traded away my first round pick, which was 1.10. Again, I won the league and it's a 10-team league, so 1.10. For LaVisca Chenault, I traded that away. Um, I may have overpaid just a little bit, especially when you look at it and think that Chenault was like a second round rookie pick. He was right at about the turn to the second round in last year's rookie drafts. Uh, but I saw enough to trust in what I've seen from him in the NFL compared to a player that I would not have seen at pick 1.10. Add to that the fact that Urban Meyer, of course, was just hired during this dispersal draft. That's when it came, the news came out that he was hired. And then we know that they are the first pick and they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And so those two things made me pretty confident that Chenault's value is just going to go up because he's getting paired with, with Meyer and with Lawrence. Uh, made me willing to give away this first round pick. Chenault scored four touchdowns in his last six games of the season, and he averaged 11.6 fantasy points per game during that time. Uh, He finished the season on a high note with awful quarterback play, and I'm just baking on a significant improvement next year with Lawrence at quarterback. In that same dispersal draft, I made one more move. I traded a pick 210 for Darnell Mooney. So I don't have any first-round or second-round picks in this league anymore. 
but I like what I did because I traded away A.J. Brown. I've now added two young receivers to develop while my older receivers of Hopkins and Evans and Diggs continue to win games for me now. So like I said, I continue to add a youth at wide receiver by trading away my second round pick to add Mooney to my team in this dispersal draft. Mooney quickly surpassed Anthony Miller, much to my surprise. I was a big Anthony Miller guy, but Mooney quickly surpassed him this year to become the wide receiver two in his rookie year with 98 targets compared to Miller's just 79 targets. Allen Robbins is certain to leave Chicago in free agency. I don't think they're going to franchise him. That's going to leave a massive hole in the passing game of 158 targets. And so it may be unclear who will be playing quarterback for, for Chicago. That's true. <laughs> But Mooney's sure to get well over 100 targets as he almost got to that point this year with Allen Robinson there. So I felt like it was worth giving up a second round pick would be pick number 20 uh, just to secure myself a young receiver in Mooney. Um, Come rookie draft time, I may be sad not to have a first or second round pick in this league, but I'm thrilled, really thrilled that right now I can run out uh, Barkley and Taylor at running back, Sanders and a flex, Hopkins, Diggs, and Evans as starting wide receivers, uh, while I allow Chenault, who's my 40th ranked wide receiver, and Mooney, who's my 43rd ranked dynasty wide receiver, to develop as future stars on my team. So those are the trades that I made. I uh, thought that I'd talk a little bit here um, about some of the players that I have have acquired. There's really just two that I've gone after in the waiver wires. I know some of your leagues don't have waiver wires active. I've got several that don't, but I actually have three where the waiver wire stays active during the offseason up until the NFL draft. And so um, these are some players that, two players that I've been adding to, to most of my teams where I'm allowed to do so. Some of them actually added just before the NFL Super Bowl where waivers were actually open just until the Super Bowl. And so uh, some of these were made a month ago and some were made just in the last week or so. Uh, first is Donald Parnum. Parnum technically played his first NFL season last year after playing well in the very short 2020 XFL season. He's a mammoth of a man, six foot eight, 237 pounds. Uh, he did only have 10 catches last year for the Chargers, but three of them were for touchdowns. So pretty good uh, catch rate for touchdowns. Not going to be replicated, of course, but uh, his size is just makes him a very, very serious red zone threat. And really what intrigues me here is that Hunter Henry's a free agent. And he was uh, not drafted by the new Chargers coaching staff. And so if Henry signs elsewhere in free agency, Parham is really poised to be the starting role on that team with a very dynamic second-year quarterback in Justin Herbert. Parham can become an excellent weapon in the passing game, but he is very limited in his blocking ability. That's true. But Logan Thomas, like I said, he's a converted quarterback that learned to block and become an every-down tight end in his year 29 season. Um, Perhaps Parham can do the same. If Henry re-signs with the Chargers, I'll quickly drop Parham from my teams where I'm able. But if Henry signs with another team, I'm going to be really thrilled to have him as the last player on my roster. Next player that I'm thinking about adding to uh, my teams and have done uh, is Kelvin Harmon. Now, Harmon was my top-ranked rookie wide receiver in 2019 class before the NFL draft. you got to hear that part. Before the NFL draft, he was my number one-ranked wide receiver. But then when he fell... So surprising. I remember watching the draft that you're just being, how come no one is drafting this guy? When he fell to the sixth round of the NFL draft, I lowered him quite a bit in my rankings. But I've continued to believe in him and his ability, even though he's not proved anything. It's injuries, though, that have prevented him from proving that he can be a starting wide receiver in the NFL or not, (laughs) maybe proving that he can't be. 
But the players who've played in his absence um, while he's been injured, they've been yet to prove themselves as well. And so I still think that there's a really big question mark around the wide receiver two position in Washington behind Terry McLaurin. Um, and of course, the targets that I already mentioned for Logan Thomas. And I'm just willing to bank on what I believe is the most talented player. So Cam Sims and Steven Sims, they did show flashes, but they're both undrafted free agents without the draft capital. And then Antonio Gandy-Golden was drafted in the fourth round last year, but he missed all of the, all of the season two with an injury. And so this position, in my opinion, is up for grabs, and I'm happy to bet on Harmon uh, to win the job. And then I'll just drop him at roster cutdown day if he doesn't, but he's going to have the offseason uh, to prove it to me. Now I'll talk about some players that I'm shopping as we close out the podcast here. Three players that I'm actually shopping. They're on my teams, but I've been trying to offer them in trades. So these have been yet to be moved players. Well, actually two of them have been moved, um, but I still have them on rosters where I'm trying to move them. First is Debo Samuel. Um, I've been trying to trade Debo for a late 2021 first round pick, but I've not found any takers. Um, I'd be willing to do the same for an early second round pick. And I plan to send those offers in the coming weeks. Um, however, I really think with, with Debo, just the way that the season ended with his injuries, um, it's more likely that I'm going to need to sell him during the season after he has a great game or two, which he's sure to have a great game or two. Uh, Samuel was one of my favorite players in the 2019 draft. I had him ranked higher than most all dynasty analysts, which is likely why he's actually on so many of my teams. And I still love the talent. I love the way that he's used in the 49ers offense, but he just can't stay healthy. He's been injured most of the first two seasons in the NFL, and I believe that's going to keep happening because what I love about him most is what I also hate about him most now. It's his reckless play with the ball in his hands. He's he's a great runner, and he loves to run over people and through people, but to his own peril, as we've seen. Plus the fact that George Kittle is really their top pass catcher in this offense, and then the emergence of Brandon Ayuk, his stellar rookie season, proved that he could do much of what Samuel could do, but he stayed healthy for the most part after he came back from the early, early injury. Um, I think Samuel's probably going to be good for a few spot starts here and there in fantasy lineups um, when when he's healthy, but that's really just not enough to warrant um, a position on a lot of my rosters right now, and I'm trying to get what I can. Next is Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. So I did tell you that I already put them that trade for Logan Thomas. Yeah, and so I've just grown tired of the running back carousel in San Francisco. And in most leagues where I have Mostert and or Wilson, uh, I usually have both of them if I have them. Um, I've been trying to sell them, as I did, like I said, in that Logan Thomas trade. I love watching these guys. Don't get me wrong. They're super fun to watch. And I love the 49ers scheme for running backs. I'm just tired of the question marks that they bring to my lineup um, every single week. Even their injuries and their... Um, and their coaching staff, they seem to know that these guys are injured, so they like to rotate them and split their workload, and I'm just tired of it. I've sold all but one of my shares of these running backs. Um, sold Mostert, like I said, in this last uh, off or during the season and making a playoff run, I sold him, and I've already got rid of Wilson and Mostert, and I've got one more league where I have them, and I'm shopping and trying to see what I can do to get rid of them. Last player that I'm trying to get rid of is Mecole Hardman. Um, I've been shopping Hardman for a second-round rookie pick, but so far haven't had any takers. Uh, one of my worst trades of the year last year, I traded Logan Thomas for Hardman. So this is I picked up Logan Thomas. I won the free agent auction bid for him in one league uh, early when he just started to show that he was going to break out. And then someone wanted him and offered me Hardman for it. And at the time, it, I wasn't sure that Thomas was really going to break out. And so I just wanted the depth and possible, you know, he was a 
first round pick in this uh, in this league that I'm in uh, two years ago. And so just to be able to get him for Thomas seemed like a great uh, thing worth betting on. But it's definitely one of my worst trades that I made last year. Um, it's my only share that I have of Hardman. And I'm just really, really ready to, to get rid of him. Target share in Kansas City is weighted way too heavily in uh, Travis Kelsey and with Tyree Kill. And as dynamic of a player as he is, Hardman just will not get enough opportunities to gain dynasty value on the Chiefs roster, I don't believe. And so most dynasty rec- managers seem to recognize this. So I suspect that I'm going to have to do the same thing that I did with Debo, that I'm going to have to wait till Harmon has a great game or two next season. And that would probably be the better time uh, to draft him or to, to trade him rather than trying to do so uh, during this offseason. I'm still willing to trade him for a 2021 second round pick, but not for a third pick. I think there's more value in actually waiting for him to have a breakout game or two. Well, that's some of the moves that I made. Hope you uh, have some of those players or might even consider making some offers on players. If you trust my advice and the players that I'm willing to go after, gives you a little bit of taste of some player value for me. Uh, appreciate you listening. I do appreciate your support. and I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Contact me anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Dynastyfreaks with two E's. Love to talk to you. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.